Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is February 3rd, 2022, and we're on episode 441. My name's Adriel. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Mo. And hey, I'm Kelly. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hey. Hello. Back again. We're back in the back saddle. Again. Back oh, in the saddle. Saddle again. Yeah. Ready to oh, start please. talking about things and... <laughs> And things about stuff. Uh, <laughs> things stuff. and stuff and yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Oh, look at that. I bet yeah. everyone's been doing all kinds of things with guns this week, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Have I've you been doing I haven't stuff? Stuff. Stuff and stuff. things. Okay, I have things, to ask. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh Mo is where I am, so we both know that we've had some uh, challenges with the cold lately. What about you guys? Uh, this is our last cold day. Okay. Come on. For now. For, For now, now, it's the last, last, last cold the last day. Week, the last week, we were. I've been minus 20, minus 30. Minus 30, yeah, we hit. Yeah. And then times. tomorrow's minus 3, Saturday's 3. Sunday's five. You guys suck. So you're saying you're just gonna roll in <laughs> you're gonna roll in the spring at this point? No. That's my plan. That is my no. plan. Uh, okay, That's got it. Plan. <laughs> I, I'm putting the heavy coats out. away. <laughs> Don't put the heavy coats away. Packing everything away. I'm done. Sure. Yeah. sure. <laughs> you do that. You do that. <laughs> I go camping pretty much every May long weekend, and it has mm-hmm. uh snowed on many of those long weekends. Mm-hmm. I've been completely miserable. It's yeah, only yeah. been the last two or three that I've seen where it hasn't snowed on me long. So I caught snow in June camping one time. Yeah. Okay. I, I think Anyways. I see snow every month of the year. <laughs> I've seen living down in Hinton. I've seen snow every month of the year. Yeah. Mm. I remember wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. What we so did in guns this week yeah. is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now they have the Streamlight ProTac HPL USB flashlight. On for 165. So those are those flashlights you can recharge with USB. I like them. I've I've got one. Uh, I've got like headlamps and 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 flashlights now that yep. both charge off USB C, which is fantastic. Everyone's got like if you've got an Android phone or whatever, you've got USB C like fast charging stuff around the house, anyways. And, and now you can just use it for for your flashlights and headlamps right. and that kind of thing. And they have tons of juice and yeah. Isn't it really convenient now? It's so convenient. It is. Because mm-hmm. everybody has their phones, everybody generally carry. You can plug it into your car and charge it. You can plug it into yeah. a brick and charge it. It's so convenient. Yeah. Although well, I will maybe- disagree with mm-hmm. Adriel on the USB C. I don't think it's come far enough where USB C is around so much. I like just the traditional USB or micro. The micro. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, why don't I roll into what I did with guns this week? Because uh, I got uh, a couple more USB battery banks, and you're gonna yeah, love yeah. this one, Kyle. It's got USB C oh. in. Ah, oh. oh. nice. Yeah, yeah, and then the and the big one. Most most of them had the big rectangular one. 
Yep. Um, this one's 5,000 milliamps. And then I got one that takes like these uh, removable 21700 batteries. Oh, yeah. And this one, just a single C in and out. Really? Don't have to worry about anything. I kind of like this one. I, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have anything that really takes USB micro anymore. Most of it's C. I bet you there's a couple devices. I bet you there's a couple of like anything that's like uh, more than two years old might have it. Um, yeah. 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 That kind of thing. But uh, these are neat. I think I'm going to use these for like uh, runs to the range. So if I go to the range, I take my phone. Shouldn't need a battery power bank for just going to the range. No. Yeah. Uh, but if it's cold, my uh, uh, pansy Korean phone doesn't <laughs> like the cold. It doesn't like it when it's minus 20. And for some reason, it just dies. So yeah. uh, I need to keep it on the charger or else it'll just give up on life. So um, uh, yeah, I'm going to use something like this. Just a nice small little battery bank just to keep it nice and topped up and um, not suicidal uh, <laughs> is, is really what my, what my goal is for it. Um, I got... Some stuff put on a gun for oh well, look at that. You actually time. have a gun. I put I pulled a gun out today. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. I've popped the uh the Citron uh Z8. This is a 0.75 to 6 uh magnification scope <laughs> at 0.75. There's a lot of barrel you're looking at through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken out most of the well, not most of it, like the, okay. the bottom half is, is all barrel. Um, okay. You got to crank it up to about two before the barrel disappears. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I've got, uh, I think I showed this on camera before. I didn't show it on the um, rifle though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's the gray birch. Uh, jacket or shroud thing. Yeah. No, like the muzzle ends there and it's, it's, it's just a barrel shroud. It's, it's just straight yeah. out there. What's this thing called again? It's got a weird name. Parka. 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 Muzzle Parka. Keep it warm. Looks cool. Looks really cool. I, I like I the look. Uh, of it. Do you? I don't, mm-hmm. I had other words. I know. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna have to look. <laughs> it at, had gonna... this on there before, like this. I know. This, and this is a thick piece of steel. It is. I think it, it's on there to keep the weight. But anyways, but the shroud. I don't know. No, no, I don't know. The shroud's actually heavier than the. I thought the shroud would be lighter. It's thought, light, uh, but it's not quite as light as this guy is. Really? Mm. Yeah, just a yeah, little okay. bit heavier. A little bit. So it's better though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's a you don't like the size? It should it be like six inches or so? Yeah, I like. Is it too too little? <laughs> it's too little. <laughs> I don't know. It's just different. Hmm. Uh, twenty two, anyways. Yeah. Well, right. my other the other the other alternative is to spend sixty bucks and get one of the aluminum, uh, like muzzle brakes that have like all the holes drilled in them, which I think is just completely silly on a on a twenty two. Um. I don't really want to run one of these. I just want to put something on there. I'll I'll, t- I'll take that off and I'll put something else on later. I just don't know what it is. Maybe an A2, A2 yeah. flash hider. Mm. Maybe a tank break like that JP Enterprises one, that big monster. <laughs> Still take that one. Take it out shooting. See how you like it. Yeah, okay. yeah. I got to try to you know run that scope through its paces uh, yep. for the review on it. Yeah, so uh, I'll do that probably this weekend actually. Um. I've been doing a bunch of maple seed organizing. Uh, so talking to different ranges and uh, seeing what they're up to and when they could potentially have us out. And uh, people in Alberta are like, yeah, they're finally like, yeah, we're going to do stuff. 2022, yeah, maple seed and stuff. So that's looking good so far. That's good. Uh, I signed up for uh, Utreon for Hunting Gear Guy, and maybe I'll get it going for Slamfire next. That was the uh, platform... 
uh, I think I saw Forgotten Spencer. Weapons mention, mention it, and Spencer mentioned it as yeah. well uh, in his email mm-hmm. over to us. Uh, so I thought I'd check it out. It looked pretty good. They've got um, an import there, from it, and they will import all your videos from YouTube. So uh, so I signed up for that, of course. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what else? I am going to be speaking at a an event on Sunday put on by the CUSF. They're putting on a uh, a webinar and uh I'm gonna speak, are you gonna be uh, on that i am gonna be on that i'm gonna be talking about the gear that every shooter needs and i'm gonna That's like cool i'm gonna be doing it from like the perspective of a poor college student which i was at one point and uh <laughs> and talk about kind of the 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 gear the where you can cheap out and the gear that you just don't want to cheap, out, cheap on out on and just buy once cry once kind of a thing because i think i don't know i talked to a lot of guys who in in shooting who all their purchases are buy once cry once and some of them are like, nah, I think you could have got away with the cheaper one for like many, many years. Whereas I, I, I look back at some of my purchases and I, and I think, yeah, I had to buy that five times. Okay. Maybe not that one. <laughs> <laughs> or like I think of my pistols, right? I, I went through like uh, for three gun, I went through MMP, FNS, a Glock, a Shadow, and uh, I stopped at the Shadow. So it's yeah. okay. Maybe that's a good place to just start. Just uh, Just start right there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah lots of, or straight to the 2011. Kyle's over there. Just like, <laughs> but there's more. There's another stamp yeah. you're missing. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, that wasn't the first one. I went from a 226 to the, well, no, I had the interim Glock, but I was buying the 2011 at that time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. A- anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm building a, pre- a PowerPoint presentation for that and, uh, and kind of putting all that stuff together. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be Sunday. And then, Okay, cool. Still getting some house stuff done, and uh, that should be done, and I should be moved in in like three weeks or so, unless something catastrophically wrong happens, which, you know, who knows? That might happen too. How about you, Kelly? Uh, so I did a couple things. Uh, I was telling you guys about going fishing with the ladies from the Canadian Sportswomen Society. It was a ton of fun. By the way, it was minus 30. Uh, yeah, and three kilometers out onto Lake Simcoe. And it was freaking cold, but we were in nice warm huts and we didn't catch a damn thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, did. I oh, didn't. Man. I didn't catch a thing. Uh, a couple of other ladies. Did you catch the drunk drinking like no, I big boxes drink. of wine out there? No, I like the other ladies. Drink this weekend. I'm on hmm. the wagon, unfortunately. Oh. But, anyways, uh, some of the other ladies caught a couple, but nobody was really catching anything. So we were all in the same boat. Or same kettle of fish. Uh, tent, <laughs> boat, kettle of fish. So the huts were awesome. They had, uh, it was an insulated hut and yeah, it was nice and toasty. It looked swanky. Show. I was watching yeah. the photos and be like, mm, mm-hmm. kind of wish I was yeah. there. That looks fun. Yeah. And we went out on the um, Bombardier's, um, those buses. Those were awesome. You know, the big Bombardier ski bus. That oh, they Yeah. Yeah, this wasn't so much fishing as it was like driving out in the middle of nowhere, getting in a tent and drinking wine. No, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Um, so nobody was in a tent though, so it was the huts were all the huts were like sheds, so they were awesome. Uh, and then we had cottages that we slept in at night that had furnaces or not furnaces, fireplaces, etc. You know, kitted out, 
you know, hot tubs, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So it was kind of like we roughed it for the weekend. Yes, very much so. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> roughing tubs, it trip. Yeah. yeah. Cottages, hot tubs and <laughs> satellite yeah. TV. Yeah. So it was lots of fun. But um, I don't typically fish. Uh, I haven't fished in a long while. So it was nice to meet. Uh, these ladies were serious about fishing, though. So it was great to see them um, make some connections with them. I immediately came home on Sunday and went to uh, pick up some uh, fishing equipment for winter. And I'm going out to this weekend to go with uh, the Kincaids and going out ice fishing again. So I spent nice. a couple uh, hundred bucks on equipment. And it was really, really awesome. So I wanted to say thank you also to the ladies. Uh, specifically Lorianne Horst, who is the um, one of the Canadian Sportswomen Society founders. She also gave me some stuff to go fishing with as well. I caught the bug. I caught the fishing bug again. Anyways, so another hobby. Look at that. Uh, and then uh, also... <laughs> Uh, I had a meeting this week. Uh, so last night we were uh, the ladies from the Canadian University Shooting Federation, the CUSIF Women's Committee. We had a meeting and we are going to on Tuesday, uh, we're going to be having edition number two of the uh, She Shoots podcast. And we're going to have the ladies from uh, the CCFR Women's Committee. <laughs> Look at that, me. Um, and uh, as well as Tracy, as well as some of the other uh, gunny girls that come on and talk about why it's really important for women to support other women getting into the shooting sports and, and not to. So obviously it's a women's uh, podcast, but quite frankly, it is important for women to get into shooting so we can keep the sport alive as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, back in January, I was supposed to be helping out at a club level ATT uh, course. Uh, we still do those by the way, at my club. Uh, it got canceled because of the Rona. So I got a message last weekend and uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing that again. Well, it's been rescheduled for next weekend too. So I'm going to be helping out at that. Bring in my Wrangler because we're going to need a 22 single action revolver. So I volunteered to bring it out. It's going to be awesome. Uh, The other thing is I want to tell everybody about it. I don't know. Do we ever talk about this, Adriel? Do we talk about the challenge targets that we do on the show? I don't think we ever have, have we? Uh, Maple seed ones? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot. We probably should bring it up yeah. more because I was just talking to someone on Discord. And they're like, "I want to do a like a postal match kind of a thing." I'm like, yeah. "Oh well, Maple Seed does this thing once a once a month. You should just go do that." Yeah. So I've been posting it everywhere. So if you go over to Project Maple Seed, go over to our discussion page, onto the Instagrams, whatever. The, there's a picture there. You can download the PDF. But we have a ton of post or ton of uh, targets. They're fun. Uh, baseline targets, different things, you know, challenger skills, whatever, and post it at your range. Try it out. It's great. Lots of fun. Especially, there's some really cute, fun targets in there too, but there's some challenging targets too. So we do those once a month and we're, we're, uh, uh, yeah. So post them on our discussion page. I thought we should talk about it because people are always looking for really good targets or fun targets too. So. Well, and they all print on just a eight and a half by 11. So yeah, you can just exactly. print them at home on the printer. And then nice. if you're looking for something to do at the range, you just print a couple out and bring them out. And yep. uh, if you're going to go shooting with someone else, uh, it's a fun way to like, you know, shoot something together. Yeah. And also competitive gauge as well. What were you going to say, Mo? Yeah. No, it's a good idea. Really yeah. good. So I thought we never talked about it. So I thought we should. Um, and yeah, just the regular, you know, other stuff that I do every week. But anyways, so, well, what about you? I hear you have a type 81. 
Yeah, but I have two stories. I have a bad okay. one and a good one. So I'll get the bad one out of the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I had the match on the weekend at the CTM, the local range. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got another DQ. Yay. What? what yeah. Um, I swept myself. Oh, shit. On, I mean, <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My hands are fine. See? <laughs> um I was a sliding a sliding window, and they had it um, with mm-hmm. bands, so it was forced. Uh, you were forced to hold it open or get your arm in there to keep it open before you brought your hands together. And there were back to back ones. The one on so I started from the left. The one on the left, I was fine, and then I got to the next one, and that's when I did. I caught my. I actually saw myself doing it. And I like I stopped myself, but then. I heard the dreaded stop, 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 stop. Uh, okay. Yeah, the worst things to hear in a match. Anyway, so those windows, they they'll they get everybody. Like, yeah. I'm mixed on them. I like the tar- the target, but they are so easy to sweep yourself on. Yeah, and I did it. So I mean, I was one of I think four people that did it. Not that it makes it better. I was pretty upset about it, and I think I was yeah. upset about it up until today. And I was like, I don't even know if I even want to talk about it on the show. But what the hell. Um, so I have to just make it a learning experience for the next one. So I have a match this weekend, so I'll get it. Okay, where's that at? Uh, Peterborough. Okay. Yeah, so I'll get that out of my system, but I was pretty disappointed. And uh, that range is a bit of a house. Even though it's my local range, it's been a bit of a house of horrors. I never shoot well there. I don't know if it's the lighting. I don't know what the, what the situation is. And I started off the first stage and I thought I did pretty well. So I was like, okay, this is good. I'm feeling good. And then it happened on stage two and I'm like, damn it. Anyways. So I'll be ready for the next one. Uh, So yeah, the good story is I had ordered the type 81 three weeks ago. And I told you about, it's a bit of a strange order because you don't really hear much. So for two and a half weeks, it was order processing. Then finally, I got the email on the weekend saying that it was shipped. And it already, as of the 26th, it had left Calgary. And then I got it on Tuesday the 2nd. And it was that feeling. So I get the notice from the the post office uh, or the, the mail notice. And it's that one where it says to pick up the next day. And then I go there and I'm always like, I hand it to them. And there's that anticipation of, are they actually going to go to the back to grab the box? Or are they going to tell me, no, you have to come back tomorrow. So, <laughs> so she went to the back and I'm like, yes. Okay. So I got it. And uh, here it is. Oh, look at that. Super excited. Yay. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, so I gave it a, a quick lube, and then I took it to the range last night, and uh, I'm very happy with it. Like I, I really like. I know it's personal preference, but I really like this this color of wood over the lighter one. Yeah, and then the actual the phosphate finish versus the the blued the blued uh, version of the other one. So. Yeah. That wood yeah. finish looks yeah. really great. It's nice and glossy. Yeah, no, I'm really, ha- I'm really happy with it. Like the look of yeah. it, and uh, yeah. I was surprised at how light it is because I thought, I guess I had in my head that it'd be a little bit a heavier rifle, right? And I was like, it's pretty light. Mm-hmm. You no, know? so yep. yeah, nice. I, you know, I think uh, like if if anyone remembers back to like the the VZ58s and and the CZ858s and that kind of thing, they came with uh, like a wood stock set on them that could be affectionately referred to as like beaver barf. 
was like this <laughs> yeah, shit, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. shit pushed together. And like my buddy uh, actually sanded and uh, and and finished his, like sanded it so it was like a perfect glossy finish. Still look like shit. Like that looks good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, that I'm, looks I'm, nice I'm, and rich. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm like I finally ordered one and got one after like like looking at the orders come through every you know whatever a couple times a year and then yeah. So how many how many mags you got for it? Just two. I didn't order any more. Oh, it's so painful at the range to load five rounds, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that big magazine. It just it just then... seems so wrong. It's such a big, beautiful mag, and you're just like, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Oh, that's it. That's it. How, uh, how, how far did you shoot with, with it? Well, I just indoors, so it, their, their rifle section is only 50 yards. So, okay. um, yeah, so Still I'll have to take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay, good. Cool. It was good. Um, so really, that's that's it. How about you, Cal? Well, I had the weekend off, so I actually finished the work on the Gersan. Yay! Oh, something fell. Oh, Not important. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> He's so. like, look at. <laughs> oh, look at that! Nice. Oh. The polishing is probably my favorite part of doing these. Nice big port. So, wow. Yep. And I gotta say, I'm really happy with the croissant. I didn't go out and test it because, like we were talking, it, it was cold. Yep. So, so, yeah. We added the oversized charge hand, or not charge handle, uh, bolt release yep. to it. But the two-piece shell catches, like I was talking when I had this in pieces that you could take a coil or whatever off the two-piece shell catch and i got looking at it and feeling it and it's not required i just smoothed out the face and then did the port opening mm -hmm. and this thing is butter i have a couple dummy rounds here actually oh look at that. just just butter and butter that's a factory mag tube spring and Anybody who's taken one of these apart knows that they are not like trimmed to the limit. They are probably double length of your tube, and they are not fun. Well, like, I want to show this go, too. Like, I've I've got mine to one point five times the tube length. I think. What do you What do you typically run in yours? Uh I started spring. trimming it longer because of the uh, auto lifter, but mm -hmm. normally I would go like nine nine inches past my mag tube. Okay. So, and like Nordic says to start at 16 and I'd go 9 to 12. And so it's right on the limit and you're basically, you're changing out your mag tube spring every year mm. at that. But with the auto lifter, I got to run it longer. So I run it more like a 16 inch outside, out the end of my uh, extension. Yeah. That sounds yeah. what we're is. Yeah. But I wanted to show this because this is really cool with the two-piece shell catch because normally you're hitting your shell drop and just rack them out and you got shells everywhere. Mm -hmm. the, and especially with the Grissan, it's so easy that you just hit the back. Oh. And you it can just, just unload them so nice because of oh. that pivoting. And I've had other ones, other two-piece shell catches where you had to grab the front. Mm -hmm. But this one, you just push right there and they pop right out. Cool. So, so far... Gersan's seeming even more promising just because how easy it is to get them loading 
like like I said, like butter. I when I my first load on it, I it just blew me away. I was like, what? So that's the shotgun you're gonna loan me for the lunatic, right? Uh, actually, <laughs> it is not because I don't own this shotgun. Oh. It's a buddy. It's a buddy of mine. So, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nice try, Kelly. I know, right? <laughs> Who knows? I might have something here. We'll see. I might have something, and I might have... We'll see how the year goes. I uh, I might have something even better for you to use. Sweet. Uh, Kyle, have you thought about, um, I don't know, buying like 10 of those things and then just like outfitting all of them and selling them for some amount more than the parts and, and labor? Uh, I thought about that with M2s, but that was a huge investment. The M2s are too much. Yeah. 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 So you're looking two grand just for the shotgun. Like with my M2, I figured it out. For me to sell, to build and outfit that gun, you're probably looking about a $3,500 shotgun in the end. The M2, the M2 or the Gersan? For No, the M2. Yeah. yeah my my three-gun shotgun. The, the Gersan, actually, I hadn't thought of that. It might be something, like you said, worth looking into what other alternatives are there right now there's the m3k which is seven or eight hundred bucks needs a little bit of work i I would say it's like a good entry level one uh what else you got i guess the uh versa maxes but i will remington doesn't even make those anymore and And you will not see me sell unless it's I, I can't see my... I won't yeah. buy a, a Versamax, we'll say that. Yeah. There's the 1301s, like the Berettas, yep. which are good, and I think Tackord switched over to to doing those, but that's like a base $1,500 gun. So well, yeah, you're the, right up there in uh, M2 territory minus a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. And you guys didn't like the Berettas, right? No. Uh, the Berettas, and if I can get Taylor to send me his and give it to me for some time, I'll figure it out. But there was a lot of malfunctions, and okay. uh, with that geometry, on the current, with, on the current with, version, I guess there's only one, right? Well, there's two. One's got a port opening, and one doesn't. Oh, okay. One's got an oversized port opening, and one doesn't. I can't remember. I think it's a B12I that I has the like that. Yeah. cutout, and it's really deep. So if you're right-handed and a strong side loader. It is deep. I like the more uh, symmetrical port opening, so it's not made for any one-handed loading. And you saw there, all you need to do is get past that shell catch. You need to be able to just glide past that shell catch. So having it cut down so far, not needed. Same thing as extended lifters. Everyone get it. Not maybe as big of a thing anymore. You like an extended lifter used to be. Oh, you have to have an extended lifter. I'll run if it wasn't for the auto lifter. I actually had swapped out my lifter for a factory lifter because someone wanted my extended lifter and I didn't have time to make one. So I said, Okay, here I'll run a factory lifter because mm-hmm. it all that is is just and if you it's it's correcting for bad form for bad technique having that because it's supposed to stop your thumb from getting caught in between your lifter and your shell tube or your magazine tube. Well, if you're loading correctly, your thumb should never be in there. And especially for as far open as I open them, an extended lifter doesn't help at all. Hmm. So there's a, there's a few things that were big things that just like going with a shorter shotgun. Oh, I want to move around real tight. So the 18 and a half inch shotgun. No, we'll run a 26-inch shotgun. It doesn't 
matter. The biggest thing is ports, and don't stick your gun through the port. So, hmm. so yeah, but, uh, and then after talking with Adam, actually, I would want to check out those shotguns they're carrying and just have a look at them. Yeah, just have a look and see, because they're another Turkish shotgun, just like the Gersan, and see kind of what's up with them. Do you know if they're see inertial? If they're yeah, like he said they're inertia. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, Adam said they're inertia. There's a market inertia. for it. If you can get the shotguns for five, six hundred bucks, throw a cut like hundred bucks worth of parts on it and two hundred bucks worth of time in it and sell it for nine hundred to a thousand bucks as like a worked over three gun shotgun that's tuned, that should be easy enough and there should be like room for profit in there. Well, exactly. Like it, that Gersan, it's got fifty dollars my sell point for the oversized bolt release. Mm-hmm. That's the only part. The rest of it's labor. Extension tube. You need to. Well, he's, well, yeah, you need extension tube and yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that Which might be it. They come with five chokes. I was just looking at them. Cabela's there. It's like, oh, it comes with five chokes. Perfect. All right, uh, you're good. Yeah. Let me know when I can order from Hef's Custom Shop. <laughs> Hef's Custom Guns. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll get. I'll. That's a good thought, Angel. I'll give it some thought and have a look around. And because yeah, there's the Gersans for. What are they like five hundred bucks? Five hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, I could do the inch. work and turn yeah. around, sell them. Like I just ballpark, I'd probably be. Uh, I'm gonna say nine hundred with. Well, if it's There's magazine room. too, it'd probably be about thousand dollar shotgun. Yeah, there's still room. Like uh, you wouldn't want to compete with the thirteen oh ones or anything like that at like fifteen hundred. But uh, I think at thousand oh. dollars with with like the quality of like quality of work and port mm. and that kind of thing. And the ease of loading, yeah. it like, I, but the the thirteen uh, ones are good, but they're like the the loading port still needs to be worked out on them, and the oh, and shell catch are, is uh, still catchy. And they're a deep uh, receiver, yeah. so you have to ha- they you have to take away so many, and you have to move the um, serial. Yeah, I I yeah. see that, Andrew. I will actually bring it up on camera again here in a second. But yeah, the thirteen oh ones you have to you have to move the serial number which is actually really easy. I actually got a letter from the RCMP number of years ago when the first one come across my bench mm-hmm. and saying, yeah, you can move it. Recommend you take pictures of it moved with the factory mm-hmm. one in there. But yeah, no, you can absolutely move them as long as basically I think it works out. You need to be able to catch it with your fingernail and, and feel it. And it's got to be so big. Like you don't need, can't have a microscope to. Yeah. To, standard to stamp it. test and just beat the, beat it into the receiver and you're good to yeah. go. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Andrew was asking about the the work. So, I'll show again and see how that shows up on this camera. So, give you a side profile. And so there is your follower. Mm -hmm. Follower is right there. Wow. And uh, you can see right there the ledge, just right there the ledge for the shell catch so way i do it is right at the valley here that's at the end of your shell catch that's where your shell actually catches so you can actually put a dummy round in there and you can see that's right at that valley there oh okay very accessible yeah and that's so that you can you can get in past the shell catch and keep going and factory lifter Yep. It's hard because this whole gun is all black and just really super polished up. Like I said, I probably spend twice as much time polishing as I do actually doing the cuts. Yeah. And because, 
yeah, I go up to like 1500 grit sandpaper and then I got a four step uh, polishing compound that I do it. I love doing it and being able to see my face afterwards. <laughs> I, I stop at four and I spend very little at, at 400. Most of it's most of my work is done at 200. There's still scratches, whatever. I'm just going to add yeah. more. Yeah. And for Andrew, all I did was on, especially the two piece shell catches, what I do for a one piece is different, but for the two piece on the edge of that catch, it's almost got like an outcrop on the end of it that the, uh, the rim of your shell likes to catch on. So I literally just smooth that out. So it just glides past a little bit of a cutout. I was telling actually Adriel about this. I wonder if you can see in there. That's what I was talking about grinding out on the opposite side of the, um, yeah, it's hard with these cameras. Let's try this camera. He's trying to talk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I was covering the mic and that's not going to work. So you know what might work. We'll take some pictures. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Pictures, I'll, I'll add it to the, uh, to the show yeah. notes. Yeah. I was Ask thinking guns. Yeah, I'll yeah I'll take some pictures. So <laughs> nice. I will be getting out to the range and testing that with all the loads here this weekend because it'll be nice this weekend. So I'm actually gonna get someone to run camera for me, I think, or just set up a tripod and actually do a little bit of a video on it, testing the different loads and whatnot. Perfect. GoPro, GoPro yeah. as well. GoPro. Yeah. 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 Uh, other than that, I did buy a new gun yesterday. What'd you buy? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't have it yet, but uh, okay. But, well, what'd you buy? Uh, WK. Oh, did you? Yeah, I uh, bought WK one eighty. Nope. No, I want it now. I don't want to wait for it in April. So well, okay. I'm trying to get ready to for potentially going down to Arizona at the end of March. So the Gen two didn't work because even if it was in here in time for the trip, I wouldn't have it on my form six in time. Right. Yeah. So. And yeah, so I, I got a, was on CGN and found a good deal on just a standard WK 180. Sure. Said it supposedly had barely 500 rounds. And I just kind of want to see people's opinion because I have a picture. He sent me a picture of the bolt face. And to me, this don't look like, uh, how early the generation rounds. is it? Like that doesn't look like 500 rounds uh, to me. No. no, it looks like a thousand or so. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. with the piston mark and, and that, but I mean, I'm going to be changing out a lot on it. I've already got a bunch of uh go fast stuff. On stuff. It? Yeah. They're ready for it. Uh, ordered. Yeah. yeah okay. I ordered uh, some stuff from true North arms, uh, oversized magwell. I saw they have nice. an oversized magwell, so I ordered that. Yep. The self-lubricating bushing for the piston through the receiver. Mm -hmm. uh, their anti-walk pins, and then oh, their accuracy spring or whatever that is. Just it's to not the, uh, Timmy. Yeah. Okay. Calvin so, Elite. Which one? Calvin uh, Elite. I already did it. I already did it. I did it last. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it sounds now, like you were listening you to pull the your Dremel out. Yeah. It, yeah. This time I'm actually going to Dremel the receiver because okay. I, yeah. I left it in the one, the one I was boring last year. I actually left it in the gun and they're just going to give me a brand new Kelvin Elite. So this time I'll Dremel the receiver instead of cutting off my adjustment bars on the trigger because yeah. I'll own this one. Yeah. 
And I'm going to be ordering new handguard, buttstock, even though this one comes with a Magpul buttstock and hand grip. Probably going smoke composites, so it'll be all carbon fiber. Nice. All the carbon fiber. It'll be nice. Fancy. Yeah. So it will be go fast parts. It's, I haven't, that's the thing. I haven't seen too many people actually go fast a WK. Like, I haven't even, like the Magwells. I haven't seen anybody run one of these Magwells. No. I haven't seen And I don't either. know why. Uh, uh, Doug's asking where I'm going to get the bolt handle. I, I'm actually kicking myself right now because I had the Spectre Ballistics one that I got as a door prize at Chaz last year, mm-hmm. but Sweet. I actually gave that to DJ on the WK he loaned me last year, and now they're out of stock. It's <laughs> uh, come, come to another Chaz match. <laughs> we'll yeah. probably be giving some away. Yeah, so it, it sounds like they're working on another generation of them, but I might message Tyson and see if I can get one of the first ones off the line. I don't know. Mm. I want yeah. a green one. I want. I want to go green. Do you? Yeah. Well, I'll okay. start matching my shotguns. So. Okay. I'm sure they got some hanging around. Yeah. And yeah. other than that, what other go fast parts or improvements to these? Both, both hold open the the lever. So the, from factory, you got to stick your finger up into the magwell and then pull the mm-hmm. bolt back to keep the lock open. Can't do it if you get a double feed. So you need that external bolt hold open so you can pull the bolt back, lock it open, and then rip your mag out. You know, and I was looking at them, and I don't use it to release my bolt because I just no, rack, it's not in the right the spot. And I didn't even yeah. think of that. Crap. Kodiak Kodiak's <laughs> got one for fifty bucks, um, oh, okay, or or so. Um, yeah, and that's that's the one I would get. I, the one I have is the RWS, but the Kodiak one's cheaper. Yeah, yeah and that's see, all I, I would use it for. It's it's not in the right place to to drop the bolt, but it is in the right place to for a, a double feed. Oh, okay. Hmm. Because, yeah, I've seen the TNA one, and it, but I mean, it's nice, but I don't need it for releasing the the bolt. So, but just in case of a double feed, I don't think I've had a double feed with mine, but I guess you could use it. Yeah. Yeah. I've had it using polymer mags on a barricade where you're pressing your mag up against the barricade, Mm -hmm. but I haven't had that problem with the metal mags. Yeah. Metal mags, you can push up against a barricade and it doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So like fixing the double feed or even just like locking it back um, at the end of the stage, you can do the other yeah. way. You can like poke a finger up the, the magwell, but then like you're getting like carbon and like grease and junk all over your yeah. finger, or you can just pull it back, put it off. Yeah. Does everyone uh, on SFR now own an, a 180 of some sort? No, I don't think Mo has one. I don't have one. No. Everybody who doesn't have one, one, raise your hand. I don't have one in my possession. <laughs> everyone one. who everyone yeah. who uh, doesn't have a Type eighty one, raise your hand. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to buy a. I'm gonna have to buy a WK at some point, I guess. You know how this well, works, it's, right? It's yeah. everybody and... pressures everybody else into buying the same gun. I know, so. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, I was I was just happy I got the deal I got on on mine. That was so. good. Yeah, because it, it was a good savings. We'll say that. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. And then we're, yeah, we're I'm going to go shoot at the range, but we're also doing a work be at the range this weekend to work on the wall. Excellent. So, yeah. Okay. That's, cool. that's it for me. Awesome. <laughs> that's good. All right. Upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. 
Learn more at telosalpha.com. Events, we've got the Lunatic Tactical Shotgun Mania Challenge, August 26th to 28th. Details are on practice score. It's going to be a bunch of drunk people and shotguns and yes. ho- hooting and hollering. I, I <laughs> and uh, involved. meat sweats. Meat, meat sweats. sweats. Oh, that's Ruger, Ruger Wrangler aficionado circles. We're going to have a round table. It'll be, good. It'll be nice. Well, <laughs> we were talking about doing a podcast out there, and I got some ideas. Okay. I got some, I got some ideas. Matching cowboy outfits. And oh, gosh. A, With the Hold on there, Sally. Wait. We're wearing Daisy Dukes and cowboy hats and Excuse cowboy me? boots. I want okay. a cutoff t shirt right at the middle. Right at the like, <laughs> yeah, everything under it, just oh, hanging gosh. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. crop top. Yeah. <laughs> about, about, Ladies, <laughs> stay home. Yeah. Don't, don't bring your wife. She won't be I'm going to be busy that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> People would pay to see that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Two-Gun Winter Brutality Night Shoot at Quinell, BC, March 5th. Details on practice score. And then Full Auto, uh, which is a PH and then an O-T-T-O. Uh, four-stage pistol match at Colby Shooting Club in Waterloo, Ontario. Uh, ooh, I don't have a date on that one. Register on practice score, oh, though. That was yeah. uh, March 5th. Sorry. I... March 5th. March 5th. That's Perfect. my screw-up. Yeah. All right. Um Right these days, hey, COVID's almost coming to an end. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, it's almost it's almost over. <laughs> if you want to do a ladies' day at your at your range, uh, contact Kelly. Uh, Kelly is the CCFR Women's Division uh, lady, and she if you want to get a full kit on how to launch one of those things and run it and all the things thought pre thought out, uh, just contact Kelly at slamfireradio at gmail.com and she will help you put on a CCFR Women's Day. Ladies Day. Ladies Day. Ladies Day. Mm-hmm. You're right. We've done everything for you. You don't really have to think about anything, do you? You just need to follow the thing. The fit, the thing's got like all oh, the stuff the you need to think about. Yeah. So follow, follow the thing. The thing. Okay. I had some people not follow the thing and that I've gone to and they're going like, we're not going to do it that way. I said, oh, okay. And then I'm going, no, you're going to do it that way. <laughs> well i mean you get to the event and you're like boy it would be nice if we had this thing yeah it was in this sheet we didn't do it oh we should yeah. no anyways <laughs> follow the sheet she's got all the things in it all the things yeah only done it a couple of times just anyways follow the follow the thing for all the things correct now adapt it for your range but i mean most people don't run a lot of events most people are not event coordinators so right. if you're not an event coordinator even if you are an event coordinator uh, a shooting event at a range is a little bit different yeah. uh this thing has all the stuff you need it to do event coordination even if you haven't done event coordination Correct. before so we specifically made one for the ladies ladies division ladies days but you can use it for anything you can use it for youth or you can use it for new shooters anything yep. Yep, exactly yep Okay. Oh, that actually reminds me. What? We got we got news that we got awarded a, a match there this week. We what? Get, uh, yeah, Western Canadian Championships for Sporting Clays. Very nice. That's awesome. So, so yeah, we're hosting that at the beginning of August. Yeah, okay. First weekend. So. Nice. Yeah, that was something exciting. When is shaping up to be a good year at Wapping. When's Lunatic? Uh, end of August, 26th to 28th. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. No, we um, have a board with all our dates there. So, okay. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, onto the news. Uh, the first one here, document reveals why Toronto police searched home of renowned gunsmith killed in raid. Uh, so the CBC looks like they used an ITO, which is kind of like an ATIP, to get the search warrant approved by the judge to uh, um, go after Katenko. Um, yeah. It's quite long and involved. Like I think the I'll, I'll just kind of touch on a couple of things. He owned uh, Dark International Trading, which does some like custom guns and that kind of thing, as well as RK Customs guns. Uh, there were there was someone who was um, pulled over by the police, and it, it was a Noriko 1911A1 with a destroyed serial number on it, mm-hmm. uh, and they said it looked like it was milled. It was it was milled off the serial number, uh, which is a, a little bit. Um, odd because they were saying that they recovered the serial number of the two guns which were rkc004 and rkc014 off of it but like why would you engrave your own special serial number on a lower that you were going to then mill off and then sell to the celtic trucks so he had specifically a group he had specific he had a number specifically he had a bunch of guns um the mm-hmm. numbers that they gave him and yeah it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense yeah. at all actually when i was reading through it but yeah, yeah. i mean there's, there's a couple there was, possibilities like and maybe, there was maybe two guns that were recovered uh, on at separate times yes both with the mill yeah so yeah they didn't mention if they uh recovered or failed to recover uh any at his uh uh, and his uh, location there. Um, like, okay, if, if number four and number 14 show up in criminals' hands, what happened to, like, five through 13, right? You'd expect to, to, to see that those are gone. Um, yeah. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's not really worth um, guessing at, I guess. Um, we'll, still, we'll have to wait, I guess. Yeah. yeah. More to come. More to come. Yeah. Yep. CCFR legal donations. Uh, Kelly, did you want to go through these? Sure. So there's Chippewa Trading Post. Uh, they donated $500 to the CCFR legal fund. If you'd like to uh, help the CCFR fund the massive, and I'm doing me massive, upcoming court battle, uh, it's now more important than ever that you become a member. You can also donate to the legal fund by uh, sending the EMT to finance at firearmsrights.ca. Uh, and I think that actually the cool sign that uh, Half has there on his wall, I think that they're doing the draw for the last one. If you uh, would like a cool sign, neon sign for your man cave or your lady lair, go to the website uh, for every $10 donation that you make. Uh, you'll get entered into a draw to win an amazing, and I do mean amazing, uh, neon sign. And that's the last one they're going to do. So get on it. Oh, really? Yep. Hmm. That's it. Awesome. Uh, New Gun Stuff. New Gun Stuff is sponsored by Bolt Action Coffee. They make roast coffee. It's uh, it's gun-themed, and you can find it at boltactioncoffee.com. Use discount code SLAMFIRE, and uh, you'll get a discount. Yep. New Gun Stuff. Uh, the first one here is the MDT Ground Pod. I think it's G-R-N-D Pod. Have you guys seen Yeah, I think one? they... Yeah, I saw it would be in talk. They called it ground pod because they have the sky pod for their high-end one. (laughs) I did not realize that. That's a little bit clever. I like it. Very clever. (laughs) Very clever. Yeah. (laughs) This one was uh, a lot of carbon fiber, a little bit of plastic on it. Looked looked pretty good. Looked looked pretty standard. I didn't catch a price on there. Did did you see one, Kyle? Uh, No, I don't recall. I was watching the the podcast that he was on there last week. Mm -hmm. 
and I don't recall the price, but it's significantly less because I know those Sky Pods, they, they're 600 to $1,000 depending on which one you get. And I think this, yeah, I'm not comfortable saying what I think the price was around, but it's significantly cheaper. It's your budget iPod, basically, but still MDT quality. Yeah. I have a, I have a sock full of lima beans that I use still for a rear really? rest. <laughs> <laughs> lima beans, nice. Yeah, I, love I, was, I was looking at it today. Uh, Ryan uh, McLean posted it today and I was looking at it and I'm going, hmm. it would fit in with a lot of people who are getting into entry level uh, PRS and help yeah. them out with that. So yeah, good one. I'd buy it. Awesome. Yeah. And then the next one here is the Taiga Arms Taiga Wolverine. Yeah. I don't know who's this is. I put that in there just because... Because? Just because? Well, just wait. It's just interesting. Pump action. Okay. okay. 18 and a half. Well, let, yeah. Let's try to guess what's interesting. Fiber optic front sight. Okay, neat. Uh, that rear sight's kind of interesting. Okay. The brake open? But, oh, wait. It's foldable. Yeah. It's pump action oh. foldable. Oh. 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 Would you look at that? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what to think. I, 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 my initial thought was, Ugh, Ew. but yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but okay. it's, it's 26 inches folded length. Uh-huh. I think it was what it was. It was 26 inches folded length and hmm. yeah. And you, you don't just get one because like there's, there's lots of those folding shotguns, those really cheap ones that like they're two or 300 bucks. They fold in the middle like that. Uh, single shot seven plus one can plug to two plus one. So this is a seven plus one foldable pump shotgun. It folds down to 26 inches. Is that a U.S. price? No, that's Canadian. Ah, okay. What do they, what do they actually sell for? Have they, have they started selling yet? Uh, I have think they're, uh, no, they're expecting them shortly. I think by April, I think they were saying. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yes. I'm not yeah. sure. It's not expensive. Yeah. No, but it folds in choke? half. It's got chokes. It's got mobile mobile. Chokes. Yeah, mobile mm. chokes. Mm, those are cheap. There's lots of those. All those Turk guns use mobile chokes. This, okay, yeah. Very interesting. I like Very it. Interesting. I like it. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Can never have enough foldable shotgun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on to the main topic. Okay, and for our main topic, we have Adam Patterson from Korth Group on. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. No problem. Well, to start off with, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit like what you do with Korth and kind of your background on how you got into what you're doing. Sure. Well, uh, I started working in the firearms industry back in 2008 at a gun shop in central Ontario uh, while I was finishing up my, my schooling. Um, and then from there, I, I jumped into distribution. I worked for a couple of different distribution companies and worked for some fairly major brands in the Canadian industry. And now I'm uh, I'm headquartered here at Corth Group, just south of Calgary in Okotoks, Alberta. Um, I handle a lot of our purchasing, all of our marketing, oversee our warranty and service department, uh, assist the sales team where I can, and uh, actively participate in a, a few aspects of the sport. Um, I know a couple of you from shooting maple seed, dabble in Ipsic, dabble in a bit of PRS. Um, we've recently acquired a couple of lines for shotgun shooting, so I'm getting a bit more into that as well. And uh, I, I think I'm almost 14 years total in the firearms business at this point. 
Okay. Nice. So wow. yeah, you're definitely not a stranger. What about Korth? Like, I, I'm sure a lot of people out there, you know, Korth Group. What what's that? What is Korth Group? So Korth is a wholesaler importer of product. Uh, we were founded in 1977 by Terry Korth and his dad, uh, Jim Korth. Um, and from there, you know, we initially started as a, a rep group where we would represent products on behalf of the manufacturer and sell to distribution, sell to dealers. Um, and then back in the early 90s, Loophold approached us to um, distribute for them. We had been repping Loophold since 77. Uh, but in, I think it was 95, Loophold approached us to take over distribution for Canada. Um, and from that point on, we, we got more heavily into distribution. And currently, we're distributing 20 different vendors to the Canadian marketplace. Um, and that distribution includes national coverage to independent dealers. We sell box stores, chain stores. Uh, we've got uh, municipal, provincial, and federal police agencies that we supply product to, as well as uh, multiple branches within the Department of National Defense. Wow. Okay. It's <laughs> a lot. Well, I know one yeah. reason why we wanted to have you on there is uh, probably everyone, every gun owner's bane right now is ammo and supply. And yeah. I know you're, you guys deal with Hornady and Ely, I believe yeah. Rio as well. So, uh, yeah, we're no longer with Rio, but Ely and, and Hornady for sure. Okay. And we kind of wanted to see the distributor's insight on what's, what's happening? What's, what's the market looking like right now? What's most popular? What's people's best chances for ammo? Well, the biggest challenge really has just been the, the massive surge in buying stateside. Uh, as you guys know, anytime you're looking at any, any social media, it's usually us based, uh, most of the forums, blogs, everything that we follow as consumers in Canada is, is heavily influenced by the U S. So when COVID first hit, we'd had a, a four year run of very stable, but not not wild sales. Uh, most of that's because of the U.S. politics. If they have a friendly government, it it doesn't influence the buying quite the same as an unfriendly government does stateside. And then we're so subjected to the supply chain concerns from a consumer perspective. Um, if the U.S. shops aren't getting it, consumers aren't getting it, it's unlikely Canadians will. And, and that tends to feed into a lot of panic buying on both sides of the border and, and people overcommitting to the product that they want which leads to back orders at just dealers and back orders for us and back orders to manufacturer. Uh, but COVID's created a really unique situation for everybody involved in that. The, the mining of the raw materials, so lead, copper, uh, brass, and I know those aren't all directly raw materials, but the, the main components that are used to build ammunition are produced by a few producers. And all the ammo, ammo manufacturers, at least the ones that sell regularly into Canada, secure their their manufacturing components from those manufacturers. So when you have a backlog of, of people not working and freight issues getting product out of the ground and then shipped to the ammo manufacturers and then freight issues from the ammo manufacturers, distributors to dealers and, and consumers, it just tends to exasperate the issue of, of not enough inventory. Um, there have been huge challenges getting product from overseas. Uh, there's only a couple of main powder companies that supply powder to all major manufacturers and then to all of us that, that reload as as uh, civilian shooters. It, it's been a real perfect storm of, of challenge, to be quite honest. Um, that said, there is a, a bit of a positive side to it. Um, we've been really fortunate. We continue to receive the same size shipments from Hornady we always have. Uh, we get a tractor trailer load fairly regularly in here um, and then the product is distributed out to dealers across the country the biggest challenge that, that we're seeing is that the average consumer 
that may not buy more than a couple of boxes at a time when they go to a dealer are walking into retailers, not seeing the ammo that they like. And the next time they do find it, they're going to buy everything they can get their hands on. And that just tends to prolong the catching up of inventory. Um, and, and we're seeing that nationwide. Um, it's, it's been a real challenge. But again, a, a positive to that or uh, you know, the, the silver lining to all that is um, those people have their product. And in, in a lot of cases, the average shooter, and I'm not counting the people on this call because I know lots of you shoot every weekend, um, the average consumer has what they need. And they're not necessarily going to be looking at the moment. So it does help temper some of that demand. Um, and, mm-hmm. and as that happens on both sides of the border, the manufacturers start to catch up. And we're seeing a little bit more inventory of, uh, of the most popular products than we, we have um, in the last 12 to 18 months. So okay. what you're is saying like is particular- don't hoard. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're <laughs> going to shoot it, go for it. But if, if it's way more than you would normally need, um, you know, maybe not necessarily the best uh, best idea to hoard ammo. Okay. Well, that is interesting that they got your shipments, but your regular shipments, but it was just going that fast. Because I've been in that ammo room, and it was impressive when I was in there before, and yeah. that that was there yeah. was that much hoarding going on. Yeah. Well, and it's it's just a real challenge because you have delays of product coming into the manufacturer, and then that delays product leaving the manufacturer coupled with massively surging demand, um, whether it's real or not, you never really know because the dealers will over forecast what they think they need to try and hedge getting any ammunition. Uh, and so then us as the distributor where we're supplying dealers coast to coast, product comes in and we might only receive 20% of our back orders. Mm-hmm. So then we're only able to fill, you know, 20% of the dealer's back orders, which, which does certainly not help the situation, uh, but there is still product flowing. Uh, fairly regularly out there to to the retailers and consumers. I have a question about uh, specifically ammo. Uh, now, you uh, you guys supply the Ely across yep. the country. There's an upsurge in 22, whether it's from all the different rimfire events and also the yep. pricing as well. Yep. Have you seen that Ely specifically or other ammo? We're just running out of it. Just we can't keep up with the it, demand. Yeah. It, it's it's across the board problem because yeah. again they they're all buying lead from a, from the same few producers of raw lead um, and, and production delays have been a legitimate issue. You know, mm-hmm. people have been out of work. They were furloughed. Depending on on the area, Ely's made in the United Kingdom, and they were hit pretty heavily with COVID and shutdowns yeah. and restrictions and all the the nonsense that we've been dealing with for almost three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it. it it's been across the board rimfire. We've seen a huge uptick in Ely demand with the Canadian Rimfire Precision Series, and Ely yeah. has been the title sponsor of that initiative for the last few years. Yep. Um, and Thank and obviously, you you're very well versed with what Rick's got <laughs> going on over there. Yeah. Um, and Maple Seed's been huge for that too. And and there's a bit of a shift. We're seeing everything's so focused on long range, um, but it's expensive. You know, yeah. building a custom centerfire rifle is a huge amount of money for a lot of people. And so we're, we're seeing a bit of a transition more into the rimfire where you get the opportunity to participate in long range shooting and, and build your skill set without the cash outlay. Um, and it's easier to justify buying premium rimfire ammo for that purpose than plinking, mm-hmm. you know, bucket of ammo that, and I don't mean that as a reference to the brand, but just the, the volume non-precision ammunition may mm-hmm. not give you what you want out of your equipment. No, specifically for the precision rimfire. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, you do want to go with something that's a little, and that's exactly it. Thank you for doing that, by the way, uh, sponsoring. I, I'm kind of sorry, uh, Kyle, I uh, jumped no, in here. It's a all good. Bit, but oh, no, the question, the question came up. Um, but thank you for doing that because you are, you're a sponsor for, you've sponsored Project Maple Seed. Uh, that's where we get all, we get all our slings from you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're happy to do it because without folks like you that are taking the time and dedicating your own lives to, to train other people and educate other people on, yeah. on the sport, we, we wouldn't have a sport. So it, it's yeah. both, it's appreciated from both sides. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, but yeah, specifically Ely, incredible, incredible ammo. Uh, and uh, if you are going to be doing PRS with Rimfire, it's a uh, great ammo to use as well. So, um, I'm going to be quiet now because I got <laughs> <laughs> questions for you. Oh, it's all good, Kelly. Uh, I guess maybe a follow-up on the ammo. Have you seen, I know it's been kind of across the board, but have you seen any calibers that have stood out that people just don't want that you end up with backlog on, or is it truly across the board even? Well, we, we had a, quite a bit of inventory of obscure calibers prior to COVID. And the buying frenzy was really great to clear a lot of that dead inventory out for everybody. It's, so it's actually really good for for distributors and retailers across the country because a lot of the old stock has has cleared out to consumers and is being used and consumed, which is great. Um, overall, though, there hasn't really been any one particular caliber that hasn't been popular. Everything is in demand right now because anybody that owns a firearm that they would like to shoot would like to shoot it. Yeah, they hear ammo shortage and oh. Gotta yep. go buy ammo. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess another thing on the ammo, and one thing I'm actually really curious, I know you and I talked when it was first announced, but uh, shipping. I know before you guys were using Canpar, and once they announced to stop, you guys were kind of trying to sort stuff out. Take it, you guys have sorted it out. and Yeah, um, it was a real blow to the entire industry. Um because so many consumers and even retailers are in um, what's considered end-of-line areas for, for delivery. Um, so a lot of the main couriers will not use their own trucks to get to some of those end-of-line remote areas, which you would think would be in the, the Arctic and, and really, really far north. Uh, but Lethbridge, Alberta, which is only two hours south of Calgary, is considered an extended area. Um, and so we were unable to ship you know, ammo to an agency down there because they're considered hmm. a, an extended area delivery zone. Uh, fortunately, though, um, Campar's decision to leave that space has been consumed by the other couriers. Um, so there was a, a bit of a disruption in, in delivery. We don't do a lot, really any direct consumer. It's all direct to dealer, but we do have a lot of dealers that are in rural prairies and, and rural eastern Canada. Um, and it was certainly a concerning few weeks until things got uh, settled. And it seems to be pretty good now. There's still a couple of outliers that that aren't as easily able to receive product. Uh, but the solution on our end is to ship by the by pallets and the, the couriers that, that handle pallets only are able to deliver to those areas. Okay, right on. That was How fast was that that sorted out? Like? Uh, six to eight weeks, I think. It, it all sort of came together. Okay. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could have been a lot worse than it was for sure. Yeah. Well, I kind of wanted to move on to like the rest of Corth, and mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to give a breakdown on the different lines that because you guys kind of do a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's um, kind of been our our goal from the beginning. Um, 
we like to work with companies that that want to be partners. You know, our goal is to to have a brand that we can build and create a market for and and really grow in Canada. Um, and and it's reciprocal, right? We want to do a good job for them. We want them to do a good job for us. We're fortunate. We have a, a sales team that's scattered across the country, all of which are active users in one form or another with this with our sport. Uh, many hunters, some hunt around the world every year. Uh, lots of guys that compete. Um, so we're really actively involved with with the brands that we sell and educating our dealers, educating consumers in the before times. You know, with Loophole, we would do a traveling roadshow uh, where we would come in and and have their trainers come up from their optics academy and and run some some training on on how to use optics and long range shooting and get people behind some rifles and actually pull some triggers and and it, it's really beneficial for the brand to have that because um, a lot of these companies don't have the ability to directly advertise into Canada to speak to the Canadian consumer uh, in the same way that they can in the U S because our market is slightly different um, so with our our product mix you know, we try to have you know, the best value proposition per category. And that doesn't mean it would only be one product per category, but Loophold gives you a really great value for your money. Uh, you can buy more expensive scopes, and it could be argued they're better, they're not. I, I, I don't want to get into that, but are you getting two or three times the, the product that you're paying for from other brands? And, and actually, a lot of our brands that we work with are family-run companies. Uh, Loophold's currently on its fifth generation uh, people working at Loophold. Um, Hornady's on its third generation. Um, and some of the smaller brands that we carry, some accessory lines are, are family-run companies. And that's really important to us because that's what we are. That's so much of what the Canadian marketplace is, are independent entrepreneurial types that um, that want to build a business for themselves. Um, now, that said, we do have some some very high-end product um, that isn't family-run, but uh, Proof Research being the, the, the candidate there, and um, Ruger and... Um, Marlin, and now Marlin, it's part of the Ruger group, um, are, are a great fit because they give you a good product that, that's, a, again, a good value to the consumer. Um, and then a few accessories lines that are complementary to, to the main lines. Uh, we do a decoy line. Uh, we have a bunch of gun cleaning lines um, and all really good product that, uh, that's very complementary to the main core lines. Yeah, and to highlight some of those, like the cleaning, there's cleanse oil and MTM. Montana decoy. I saw that just recently that you guys deal with Montana decoy. That's awesome. Yeah, they're really neat, especially um, out here because they have so many, so many decoys that are so relevant to Western Canada, um, and it's it's been a really good line for us. And the guy that owns it is awesome, so it it, it makes it an easy, yeah, easy deal on our end to work with uh, with Montana. Awesome. Actually, we have a question in the chat, and I was actually kind of wondering because with the acquisition of Marlin. By Ruger, yep. Is Ruger re- making the the lever actions now, or are yep. they just yeah? Yeah, they bought uh, they bought all the equipment, they bought all the intellectual property from Marlin, but they're building them all in house. And um, I'm not sure which of the three, but Ruger has three manufacturing facilities in the U.S. that they they produce all their firearms in, and they've added the Marlin line to that to one. I think it's the one in North Carolina, but I, I'm not sure on that. Okay. Cool. So they, they, I noticed they put out the 1895 again. Yep. Now is that, that was redesigned? Like they, did they tweak that at all or just? They did. Yeah. They added quite a few tweaks. Um, I won't do it justice to go from memory, but um, the, the key things for people are hammer forged barrels, uh, Ruger's barrel manufacturing processes, pretty phenomenal for accuracy. 
Uh, they fluted the bolt and nitride coated the bolt, uh, or nickel plated the bolt. Sorry, apologies, it's nickel plated. Uh, they thinned up the forend and a few other minor tweaks to the gun to uh, modernize it a little bit and, and make it their own. Nice. Cool. So there you go, Jason. Yeah. Ruger's making the levers now. They are. Yeah. In-house and, and they're starting with one model. Um, you know, in the past when Ruger was acquired previously, there were a few quality control issues with the first few batches of guns. Um, and I think they're working really hard to avoid that. Um, they, they've picked the most popular skew to start with. And then the plan is to roll out additional models in time. But right now we've not been given any insight as to what models and when. Okay. I'd love for him to do the 1895 dark next. Yes. And then a bunch yeah. of options in pistol caliber. Yeah. Um, rifles would be pretty great too, but we're, uh, we're just having to be patient and excited for whatever, whatever Ruger releases yeah. next. Well, it's nice that they're taking their time and just doing one at a time instead of just throwing out a whole mass exactly. of, of stuff for sure. Yeah. Tells it tells you they're taking their time and trying to make sure that they do it right. Absolutely. Uh, another one you mentioned is getting into shotguns, and it's, mm. what is it, Rite shotguns? Can you tell us a little bit about those? That's a brand I haven't heard of. Yeah, uh, Rite is a proprietary creator, builder, and and shipper of their own shotguns. Uh, they're built in Turkey, uh, but they're not third-party. A lot of what you see in the marketplace, you guys could do a, a slam fire model of shotgun if you order enough of them from one of these OEM companies, right? Uh, Rite doesn't do that. They design everything in-house. They are inertia-driven semi-autos that have had a few tweaks to them to eliminate uh, challenges to that that design. Um, it gets pretty technical, so if you really want to learn more about it, go to RiteUSA.com. Uh, there's a lot of really good info on on some of the features they've built into that. But they're available in, in three different configurations for semi-autos and then one configuration for pump. Uh, they're going to give you, you know, the pump guns are, are kind of a price point get somebody into shooting and then the semi-autos are, are three tiers of just different features and, and uh, benefits built into them. And it, it, so far we've had a lot of luck with them. They've been shooting really well. People are really happy with them and they seem to take a, a real beating, uh, which is, which is good because people are not kind to their shotguns in a duck blind. <laughs> or on a three gun match. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, give us an estimate on what people can expect in store for price point on Oh, he'd have to talk to the dealer about that, and I'd, I'd hate to misquote. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, best to talk to the dealer. I know the the retail Gordian semi autos are going to be sub thousand uh, dollar retail for a um, for a semi auto. Okay, nice. To check those out. Uh, are they they're available in country now? Yep. Yeah, we have yeah. quite a few in stock. We have a, a handful of dealers across the country stocking them. They're available through any independent gun shop that. Um, that buys from us. Okay. I guess that brings me to a question. If uh, somebody goes to the Korth website and sees some brands, or I know you guys put product, even though you guys don't sell to consumers, how does, if someone sees something that you deal with, how do they go about getting it sent to a dealer or something? Well, we're currently in the midst of, of updating and fixing our dealer locator on our website. Um, we had a technical issue that went down for a couple of months and, and we have a few new dealers that have come online. So that should be updated in the next few weeks. And so from there, you can find a dealer that uh, that can help you in your area. Or if you can't find find it through the, our website, you can contact us, call the office. We're on Gun Nuts. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. 
uh, you can just send us a message, message and we'll be happy to get that information to you. Okay. Awesome. Uh, anything new or exciting this year that people could be looking out for? Not a whole lot. Uh, yeah, there's new little bits of new product from most of the brands, but nothing that's going to revolutionize the industry. Uh, mostly because everybody's so far behind in back orders, it's, it's hard to invest time and resources into R and D and releasing new product when you can't keep up to demand for current products. Um, but keep an eye online. Shot Show being a little bit unique this year, not everything was focused on a shot launch. Um, so you're seeing you know sporadic releases of product from a lot of manufacturers before shot, during, and after. And, and NRA shows usually in April. Um, so you'll see a lot of just little bits and pieces of, of product releasing between now and then. Okay. Um, actually, I did come up with another question. You and I talked about it earlier when we when we spoke, and I'm sure people will have questions because they'll go on a website, say, for example, a loophole website, see what the selling price is U.S. and do the conversion and think, oh, I should be able to get it here. And like we talked about it earlier that, no, it, doesn't necessarily work out that way and maybe fill people in on what the challenges are in that on it's not just a straight conversion on on cost well you rarely yeah there's a whole variety of, of factors that come into this um you, you generally don't exchange dollars at the spot rate you're going to be at a deficit buying us dollars there's cost of freight there's cost of clearing customs there's cost cost to pay the premium to ship controlled goods across the border. Pretty much everything that we sell, with the exception of some of the accessory lines, are controlled goods. Uh, firearms components, any ammunition, every optics are all controlled by the U.S. government, and there are, there are costs associated with bringing product across the border. And it is a big challenge for the Canadian marketplace because consumers look at, at U.S. retail pricing, and, and people remember not that long ago when the dollar was par, um, and and it, that's just simply not the case, right? And the other issue too for Canadian industry is that you have to hedge against currency fluctuations. Um, so it it's 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 really challenging. It, it's certainly challenging, costly, and consumers. You know, everybody wants the best price they can possibly get, but nobody's looking to other countries to see what retail prices are. They're simply looking at the U.S. Yeah. No, I just I wanted to ask that and get that out there because I know I'm guilty of it from time to time. Like, well, why is it so much more to, to buy it in Canada? And yeah, like, there's there's a lot in there for sure with duties and customs and just getting well, just cost the cost of operating itself. a business in Canada is massive compared to aspects of the U.S. So we pay more tax. We you know we're we're heavily persecuted by our government as businesses and ad- individuals as far as uh, what it costs us to live. I would imagine the cost of just inventorying like, all the firearms and making sure that's all in system and that plays into that as well. Cause now you're, you have to have everything all logged and documented and absolutely like you're saying with the controlled products. Yeah. It's uh, highly regulated on both sides of the border. Anyone else have any questions they wanted to ask? No, not really. It was interesting hearing about yeah. some of the uh, some of the changes there. Um, I'm I'm really jazzed about Ruger taking over Marlin's uh, rifles. That's yep. uh, that's good news. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we're really excited about that. Yeah, we're right Ruger Wrangler fanboys as well. All of us. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah>. nice. <laughs> I can tell you, it's an expensive place to work being here at, at Core, yeah. um, just because we we have a lot of really great products. 
Yeah. You do. Yeah. You uh, when you go through your um, product list, uh, it's quality products. So you should, you guys should be proud of yourself for building that. Thanks. So yeah. yeah, great company to work with, by the way, as well. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, yeah great service. Great service, great people. I've been dealing with you guys for a number of years now. Yeah. Jeez, I can't even think how long it's been since I've been dealing with Korth, but uh, always been good to me and they quality products for sure. Yep. And giving back to the uh, Canadian sheeting community as well. So thank you for doing that yep. too. Absolutely. You're welcome. Yeah. That's okay. it. That's that, all that's I have. Awesome. <laughs> Mo, nice did you have anything to add? No, it's just interesting stuff to hear about the uh, the reasons behind the ammo shortages and good info. Yep. Well, perfect. Well, I could actually just quickly throw it out to to you on the call. If if there's anybody else you'd like to be introduced to or connected with to come on your podcast, just let me know. Happy to connect you with any of our people um, or anybody that we happen to work with at any of our vendors. Perfect. Just let me know. Reaching out. There's a couple of people. I already know you know them. Our our people will be in touch with your people. (laughs) And we'll make it happen. That sounds great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Adam. And if you want to, it was really great, great info. And for everyone listening, watching, go to coursegroup.com, right? Yep. 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 You head there, see what brands they deal with. And they do put some product up on the webpage. Well, you can't buy from the product. From the webpage, you can find a dealer close to you and go get your dealer to order it from Korth. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Thanks again, guys. Adam. Yep. All right. awesome. Thanks, Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Right. Have a good night. Have a good one. Thanks again to Adam for coming on and letting us know about Korth. Uh, have we had any questions show up on Facebook? Well, we've had some about, uh, sheepskin assless chaps. Yeah, that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> Everyone who wants a type 97, raise your hand. Actually, I would like to try one of the gen threes. I've shot one of the gen threes, but I haven't done like a full review on one though. So that would be interesting. Uh, I think that's all of them, right? Where are you sourcing your replacement bolt handles for the WK? Yeah. Spectre ballistics has those, uh, those better bolts along with the uh it's a 3d printed like knurled thing that they they put on the outside for i don't think that's 3d printed no when i had it i don't think it was because i looked at the tna one and i actually Mm -hmm. would have gotten that but it was out of stock but that one is you looking at the picture is definitely 3d printed Hmm. the tna one but i had for some reason maybe it is but it didn't seem like it was 3d printed when i had it before but it's a, it's an okay it part to do it like unless you like smash it. If you smash it, you you, you might actually break yep. it. You're like whacking against something metal. But uh, yeah. well, buy another one, I guess. At that point, let's get into yeah. Buy two, yeah. yeah. Well, and with with the standard thing being with the WKs, I probably will buy two when I buy the them. replacements. Don't break. So like the originals do. Uh, I the, I've never seen one of the replacement ones break. I've seen the original okay. ones break over and over again. Right. And the piston rod, on the, so like the uh, the gas block, you got to make sure that that thing's like torqued down tight and not moving. Right. Well, that yeah, that will be once I get my handguard. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cool. I got to talk to Doug about something else too, um, other than the Type ninety seven. Okay. Uh, listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. 
offers hot blowing park rising Cerakote finishes, as well as your Norinco firearm needs, such as the Type 81 and Type 97. Probably. I don't know. Uh, check them out at <laughs> dcgunsmith.ca. Uh, emails. Has anyone seen my lighter? I lost it last week from Hank. <laughs> You're going to have to connect this because some, some people might not have listened to these episodes back to back. Yeah. So... Feel free to stop by because <laughs> so for those who don't know, that was from my story last week about having some visitors on my property in the middle of the night and they left behind a lighter for me. And if it is your yours, Hank, no, you can't have it back. I'm using it. <laughs> that's, that's yours now. <laughs> awesome. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, send your emails to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to help support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio, or just search for slamfire on Patreon like every other normal person would. Uh, <laughs> if you help support the show, we'll send you a patch. We'll send you a patch in the mail. And if you haven't received yours in a month, send us an email. And I'll be at my new place in three weeks. So soon I'll be able to send these out again. Shout outs, Kelly. Um. Yeah, just the ladies that uh, came out this past week and froze our butts off. Not really, because it was nice and toasty in the huts uh, and in front of the fireplace. Um, yeah, so just wanted to say thank you for organizing that. Had a great time. Now I'm going to go out and do even more stuff on my weekends. Yay, fishing. <laughs> <laughs> fishing well, too though. much spare time. So <laughs> Yes. Um, but yeah, anyways, I wanted to give a shout out to, to them. So, yeah. You can't Make just sure you, sit uh, around and read a book or anything, you know? No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's boring. As yeah. long as you're ice fishing with someone else who has an ice fishing tent or shed or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to go. So I'm going out with uh, the Kincaids this weekend. They just got a new pop-up tent So uh, for ice fishing. So I'm yes. super excited about that because nice. I wasn't excited about going out. Oh, so yeah. When we went know. out on the weekend, we were all in. The outfitter was really, really good, um, by the way. Um but about 100 meters in front of us, there was a group of guys out there with the auger out, no shelter whatsoever. They didn't last long. So just saying. Not only did they <laughs> or did they suffer, they didn't catch any fish either. They didn't catch yeah. any fish either. <laughs> just yeah. miserable. Yeah, they were miserable. They didn't yeah. last long. It was it yeah. was really cold. This the sucks. little buddy heater in there and yeah. yeah, I don't even no. think you need it. If you had like, if you had four people in one of those tents, I bet you it would be warm just by virtue of having that many people in there. Yeah, but the buddy heater would be nice. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be nice and toasty. Just saying. Yeah, this weekend. Cool. If Pat? not, I'll, I'll wine and go home. Good <laughs> 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 plan. No. Uh, me, I'd like to thank Adam not just for coming on the show, yeah. but thank him for all his support through the years you know they've been been pro staff with them pretty much since i got into the sponsorship deal for shooting so they've been there all along and they continue to support me so thank them very much yeah they've helped support maple seed and, yeah, and they a have. Bunch yeah. of other oh they well. support the shooting sports like crazy for sure yeah yeah awesome uh finally check us out on gunners of canada like us on facebook we're at uh three thousand three almost we need to get 3, to 3,000. If we don't get to 3,000, I didn't. Hey, Hef, did you update us? I did, that, did, that one I did not update. I okay. dropped the ball. We could be at 3,000. We'll uh, never know. Not not you guys can't check right I don't now. think we, we are. We probably are. We probably We're are. We're almost there. So, you know, share, like, subscribe, 
Spread us around. Smash Ta- that tell like your button about and and absolutely comment destroy below the like. And, yeah. Comment <laughs> below and. Uh, uh, well, the we'll more people more do time, all the things yeah. on all the okay. platforms. Yeah. Okay, that'd be good. I just look, yeah. we're not there yet. Close, but we're not there yet. <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs> okay, bye. <See> ya. <laughs> so, if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now, go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over. It's time to get a gun